Hello, and welcome to the ParaUnity Podcast. Tonight we have with us Jason Watts from Capture Paranormal based out of southwestern Ontario, Canada. But before we bring Jason on, let's talk a little bit about Ontario. Ontario is one of the 13 provinces and territories of Canada and is located in the east-central part of the country. It is Canada's most populous province, accounting for 38.3% of the country's population and is second-largest province in total area. It is home to the nation's capital city of Ottawa and the nation's most populous city of Toronto, which is also Ontario's provincial capital. Ontario joined the Confederation July 1st of 1867 and is led by a constitutional monarchy with a lieutenant governor and a premier. Ontario covers almost 416,000 square miles and is sometimes conceptually divided into two regions, northern Ontario and southern Ontario. The great majority of Ontario's population in arable land is in the south. In contrast, the larger northern part of Ontario is sparsely populated with cold winters and heavy forestation. The province is named after Lake Ontario, a term thought to be derived from Ontari Eel, a Huron Wyandot word meaning Great Lake, or possibly Scanadario, which means beautiful water in the Iroquian languages. Ontario has about 250,000 freshwater lakes. Getting into the ghost side of things, it is rumored that late at night on the fourth floor of the Canadian Museum of Nature in Ottawa, things move about by themselves. Native mass and artifacts have moved or rotated, and lights have been known to come on or off by themselves. Unexplained noises such as howling and cold spots have been reported in the area. Another haunted location is Regina Mundy Catholic College in London, Ontario. Built in 1963, it is said the ghost of the priest who died here when it was a seminary has been seen, as well as that of a janitor who hung himself in the building. Legend has it footsteps have been seen on freshly cleaned floors and black apparitions show up on security cameras. Last on our list is the 1901 Grand Theater, with a story and a ghost of that of the original owner and theater magnate Ambrose Small. On December 2, 1919, Small put a million dollars into a bank account and took his wife to lunch, but after that, no one ever saw him again. Several weeks afterwards, a theater night watchman saw Small entering the theater, and the ghost is still believed to pay occasional visits. The mysterious disappearance has never been solved. Now, help me welcome to the ParaUnity Podcast, Jason Watts, for a first-hand look at some great haunted locations and some insight into the science of paranormal investigations used in Ontario, Canada. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Very well, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, hey, what got you interested in the paranormal? Um, Actually, it started when I was a, just a kid. I don't recall the exact age. Um, I lived in a townhouse with my mother, and one night just kind of woke up and sat up in bed, and it was still dark out, stuff like that. Um, kind of had a weird feeling. I don't know. You know, you don't really recall the type of feeling stuff as when you were a kid. At least I don't anyways, but kind of sat up in my bed, and then all of a sudden my bed started to shake, like, quite violently. Not not to the uh, extent of, like, the Exorcist movie or anything like that with Reagan, but it uh, vibrated, I, should, I could say. But uh, at that point, I yelled for my mother, who came running down the hall, and as soon as she got into my room, um, it stopped. And so that kind of freaked me out and started my whole fascination with the paranormal and trying to figure out what that was and what happened. Uh, actually it wasn't until my early twenties, uh, my mother, I kind of brought up the story and, you know, Hey, remember when this happened, blah, blah, blah. 
And she said, oh, yeah, I do remember. And uh, as I was coming down the hall, I saw a green light come out of your room and go down the stairs. And so that even that, you know, kind of it was an interesting little tidbit, which I never knew until I was older. But after that incident, it kind of uh, kickstarted my fascination with the paranormal and uh, reading about ghosts and things like that. Um, of course, going into uh, later years, um, listening to like Art Bell on the radio, uh, Coast to Coast AM, things like that. Um, yeah, it was just basically anything paranormal. I was I was kind of into whether it be ghosts or UFOs, things like that. Um, yeah, so that that initial thing kind of kickstarted it for me. Very cool. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would definitely send a chill up my spine to have mom come back later and be like, oh, yeah, there's this green light that came out of the room and went down the stairs. Yeah, like, uh, why did you tell me that before? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you were saying a little bit about um, looking at UFOs, too. I mean, does your team investigate UFOs and appearances by those, too? No, we haven't gone in. We didn't get into that kind of field. Um, that was more of kind of a I've had one or two kind of weird things happen with in that kind of field but um you know with it's kind of hard with that kind of stuff but uh capture paranormals basically just dealt with hauntings and um spirits and uh res- doing residentials and trying to help people who are having issues with it and trying to figure out and debunk you know like uh what usual kind of ghost hunting teams do Sure absolutely well tell us a little bit more about your team uh, so basically, um, after watching, after the uh, ghost hunting shows got popular, ghost adventures, things like that, I was really into ghost adventures for a time. And so uh, I just thought to myself, I want to I want to kind of do this. I want to do what these guys are doing. It looked really fun and things like that. So I basically put up an ad, uh, online ad, uh, just in my area, just to see if there was anybody who was interested in kind of starting a team or who might have been with a team uh, just to see, kind of play the field, see what was happening out there in my area. But um, I was contacted by a guy named Kevin. Uh, he was with a team. Uh, they were kind of uh, networked. So they had a, a kind of a home base in Oshawa, Ontario. And then they kind of, he was part of kind of the lead of the Southwestern Ontario section. And then they had a, a more Northern section. And so, he messaged me and we kind of got talking and he invited me out to uh, a theater they were doing in, I believe it was Chatham, Ontario. Uh, they were doing the Capitol Theater and he asked if I want to come out and just kind of hang out with them and see how they they do their thing and whatnot. So, of course, I jumped to the chance, took my little uh, gray recorder with me, my voice recorder, because that's what uh, Ghost Hunters did, right? They bring their, their voice recorders. Yep. So, yeah. Went out to that and had a great time. I actually caught an EVP, like my first, that was my first investigation. And uh, we were actually up on the catwalk above the, um, the seating in the theater. And it was dark and whatnot. And so we were, I was just kind of hanging back and watching and see what they do. And there's two, two other guys up there with me. And so kind of they did their questions and everything. And we're heading back down the, the walkway there. And kind of had to shimmy around to a ladder to, to climb back down. And, uh, of course, the lights were off, so the one guy uh, in front of me, Mike, says, um, do you want me to radio down to get them to turn the lights on? And right as he's saying that, underneath 
like in a deep, dark voice, you hear, watch out for the step. And so when I heard that, listening back, that just like, it was like, like gold for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially being my first time out and for something like that to, to come come through there it was pretty amazing. And uh, the story there was that there was a, a, I think it was a projectionist or something that uh, had, he didn't die he didn't pass away in the actual theater or anything like that, but apparently he he passed away eventually, and he supposedly haunts that theater. And um, for yeah, that kind of voice to come through it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's it's amazing to me how many theaters you know around the United States, even around Canada, that are all haunted. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So after after that, I kind of. Went out with them for a few more investigations, and that they ended up bringing me on, and um, uh, jo- I joined the team uh, for about two years, and then uh, eventually things kind of broke down with the whole networking thing, and so the group that was down here, um, we just kind of kind of separated ourselves and became Capture Paranormal, and that's that's about almost three years ago now. So, okay, now. Your teams, you said you've kind of joined up about three years ago, and you're in that kind of southwestern Ontario, Canada area. Um, I know you're from that kind of a that more well-known city, London. Um, is there any places there that are really good to investigate? Uh, in London, you mean? Yeah, or even uh, even around southwestern around. Ontario, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool places. Like uh, Specifically in London, it's hard because a lot of the places that are supposedly more haunted are uh, either owned by government or um, they're just really hard to get into. Like we have uh, the Grand Theater. It's supposed to be a pretty active place, but we've been trying to get in there for, for years and it's just hard to kind of get through. Uh, and like I said, we have um, a couple old uh, psychs, psych hospitals around that have been kind of decommissioned and they're all government owned. We actually have, there's one in, uh, I think it's, it is here in London. There's one in London and one in St. Thomas, uh, which is about 20 minutes outside London. But one of them uh, was actually just just recently purchased by a company. So we're now in talks with the company who bought the, this uh, psych hospital to see about getting in there before they, they uh, probably eventually demolish it or, or something just because it's kind of dilapidated. But, um, yeah, things like that. Um there are certain other places we've investigated. Uh, going back to St. Thomas, there's the Princess Ave Playhouse, which is an old. It was actually an old church at one point. Got renovated and turned into a, uh, a theater. So we've done a few investigations there. Um, where else? There, there's, uh, like I said, the, the Chatham Capital Theater. Chatham's about an hour uh, south of London. Um, yeah, just a bunch of different theaters and things like that. Um, there's the Bacchus Page House, which is about uh, half an hour outside London. It's an old, um, just an old house that uh, they have kind of, it's it's more of a museum now. They have different artifacts and things like that. Uh, we're actually doing a public investigation uh, this weekend there. So we're inviting people to come out with us and investigate it. This will be the, I think the third year that we've done the public at the Bacchus page, but uh, yeah, we've gotten lots of uh, activity and evidence out of there as well. So there's a few little places here and there in the, in the Southern Ontario region 
that uh, are good. But like I said, a lot of the the more higher profile ones are are unfortunately government owned or they're owned by um, companies and and things like that that are very hard to to penetrate and get into. Oh sure, a lot of companies don't want to have that kind of stigma over their heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and plus a lot of places around here for some reason I know uh, like we've been to uh, Moundsville Penitentiary in West Virginia and we've been to um, Wildwood Sanitarium in New York and in, the thing with Canada is for some reason and these guys government owned they just there's absolutely no way you can pretty much get into it so uh, for some reason they'd rather demolish um, you know historic historic venues than keep them up and and things like that they'd rather just tear them down so Unfortunately, that's a, a a way of life, I guess, around around this area. That's too bad that they don't embrace that history a little bit more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, you said you travel around to a lot of different places. Um, what's been your favorite place that you've investigated? Um, I'd probably have to say Mazarville was really cool just because of the um, – it was so huge and, and – Things like it was a giant prison. Like who doesn't want to play around in a giant, giant prison, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, that was cool. Uh, Wild Sanitarium was good too. Um, locally, I'd probably say that we've had a lot of good activity from the Princess Ab Playhouse in St. Thomas, which St. Thomas, which I spoke of. Uh, we actually had a. I was up on the catwalk, or sorry, not the catwalk, the. Uh, the balcony looking, looking over, I was on camera and one of our investigators was sitting on a, on the stage on a chair. And as I'm filming him, you can see a shadow run directly in front of him. Um, that was a very good piece of evidence that we, we captured, uh, from there. Yeah. And it's very interesting. I know, uh, for some reason, St. Thomas seems to be a, a good hub as well. We did a residential there once. Um, we were in the basement and apparently it was a former orphanage. And so we're in the basement, and again, I was on camera, uh, just kind of, kind of filming and uh, uh, kind of doing the lookout of the room. And I stopped on the entryway, um, the doorway, and it's almost like you see a little eye or, or a ball of energy kind of pop out from behind the wall and go back, almost like something was peeking at us. Um, we tried to debunk, debunk it. Uh, we sent the video to a bunch of other uh, paranormal investigative uh, teams and things like that uh, all around, like in the States and, and Canada. Um, the only thing that we got back was there was a hose behind the wall that uh, during our initial trying to debunk it, if we pulled it out far enough, it would kind of give a, a shine off of uh, a metal piece on it. But for it to be pulled out that much, one, you would have seen the hose kind of being pulled out. And uh, second, it had to be pulled out too far in order to, to see that, the, the little metal piece and it wasn't really lined up with where the, the supposed, you know, uh, little eye or whatever we saw come out from behind the wall. So, uh, that was a really interesting one too. Sure. And I mean, even if, even if it was the hose that came out of the wall, I mean, it still has to be pulled out by somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with, 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 with capture is we're very like, okay, this happened. Let's figure out how it happened. Like, we're very skeptical. That's that's our number one thing is we're very skeptical. Sure. Uh, what kind of stuff did you guys find at the at the jail? Um, 
that night, I don't think we really got anything. We actually, there's a funny story. Um, we were on one of the tiers going in and out of the, this, the jail cells. And, uh, again, I was on camera. Um, and, uh, the one investigator was taking pictures on his, uh, on his camera. And then during, when we got back and everything, he was going through his pictures and he kind of, he sent us the one where it looks like there's, there's a shadow or something standing directly behind me. And so we're like, Oh my God, this is, this is like the Holy grail. Like we caught an actual figure on, on in a photograph. And so we sent it to a bunch of people again, um, kind of what we do. Uh, there was another guy with us, another team member. And I guess just at that point, he had come out from behind one of the cells behind me and just the picture was just perfect. And so we, we were able to finally debunk it and, and say, okay, uh, we actually sent a picture of that, the investigator to, um, one of the, one of the guys we were talking with and he kind of did the whole, uh, the whole measurements of, of how tall he was and things like that. And we were able to say, okay, it was, it must've been him. And, and we, we reviewed, you know, set the camera the clips and everything so that everything could be set up just the way we kind of did it. And, um, yeah, so it ended up being the other investigator, just perfect timing, coming out of one of the cells behind me as the picture was taken. <laughs> well, it's it's neat that you guys are able to debunk that stuff as well as you have been. Oh yeah, well something like that, like too, you like you're like, like oh my god, we finally finally got something, you know, like something of of substance, and you know your adrenaline gets going and you're so happy, and then you find out okay, well yeah, that's that's this guy or that's debunked. It's like ah, but it was fun at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys are doing all these investigations what's what's kind of your favorite piece of equipment that you use um we try to keep it pretty basic like we just use like side camera uh audio we do k2 and mel um basically the only other thing we well we do spirit box too uh once in a while but some of the other uh team members aren't too fond of the the whole static thing so it doesn't get used too often unless certain certain team members are together. But um, the one thing we've been using pretty much since we we formed Capture was uh, it's it's actually a phone app, which you know you can't really take anything uh, with merit in in a phone app or something like that. But it's called it's called an Echo Vox. So basically, the idea behind it is it spits out different syllables. And the idea is spirits can manipulate them to form words. And since we've used it so long, like we've kind of almost learned, like you learn um, what, when you're getting something and when you're not. So we could sit in one, one investigation for half an hour using it. And you know, it's just spitting out random things. You're not really catching anything of relevance or anything like that. And of course there's pareidolia where you're, mind is looking for something like to to hear or see right so yeah well and that's that's just about every investigator has that as they walk into a place exactly yeah because you're so you want to find something so bad um but with the echo box like like i said we don't we use it in in our episodes for our videos um more as entertainment but it's we've had some very interesting things come through like our names and our uh, like Pretty much all of us have had our names come through, um, but we've also had, you can hear like the way it spits out 
it's almost robotic, but certain things you can hear, like it's almost underneath what we're supposed to be hearing. And whether that's uh, like, cause basically the phone is picking up um, the, the words or, or uh, the re- it, if you're speaking, it's going through the phone and coming out at, with uh, kind of a reverb effect. And so whether it's picking up sort of like an EVP and that's what we're actually hearing instead of the syllable, the built in syllables, um, we, we can't know for sure, but that's what we can kind of assume. Uh, but we've had like, we actually had, we did an, an, a residential. We were in a, a barn where actually, before we got there, they had, the family had a, um, a psychic in there come in and she told them that whatever was there was in the barn and it was evil and she couldn't do anything to help them unless they bowed down to the demon that was in the barn. So when the family told us this, we're like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're almost defeated before we go in because if we go in and say there's nothing there, well, they're going to say, uh, well, this person said that there's something there. So I rather believe them. But so we did went, we actually did two investigations there. Um, and we were in the barn. We used the, echo, uh, the echo Vox and, Clear as day, um, I can't remember the exact question we asked. It was, um, do you want us to leave? Something, something generic, you know, but, uh, clear as day, it's, it's the longest sentence we've gotten out of the Echo Box. It said, take or said, pack up your blank, take your blank and effing leave. <laughs> we were just i didn't hear it at the time my uh my part of their mic he's like did you just hear what that said and i said no what did it say and he he told me and i went back and watched the video and listened to the audio and i'm like wow that's exactly what it said <laughs> and so some so something like that for for something like that to come through and you know like i said going back to we've we've used it at other places where it's just spitting out random things for half an hour and nothing's coming through. And then you get this, this whole sentence where it says, pack up your blank and effing leave. Like, um, that's why, like I said, we don't take it as serious evidence, but we, we do enjoy using it because something like that could potentially come through. Well, and even with that, I mean, no matter how it's pulling off signals, even, you know, like with the spirit box and stuff, anytime you get something that's going to be using profanity at you, you know, you have something coming through at that point because you're not going to hear that just anywhere. Very true. Yeah. So there's, um, I was thinking about this as you're talking about your spirit box and how your team doesn't really, some of your team doesn't like the sounds of it. Um, I don't know how much um, reading you guys do, and I know I've spoke about this quite a few times on the show already, but down here in Colorado, there's a team that's been doing a lot of research and doing a, um, a different type of spirit box session where one person actually takes the noise noise canceling headphones and a blindfold, and they, they blindfold them one person and they put the headphones on them and plug it actually into the spirit box and hmm. turn it up so just the one person has to hear the static but right. but the people ask the questions just out loud like you normally would for any type of evp session and right. the person that's listening in can't hear anything can't see you know who's talking when they're talking anything their whole job is to listen 
And anytime they hear a word or a phrase or a sentence or anything, they just say it out loud. Oh, that's that's actually a good idea because then you can kind of corrupt or you can kind of if if you're saying uh, what is your name, then the person on the headphones says, "Oh, I heard Bill." It kind of corroborates with with the whole idea of it, right? Yep, exactly. And the whole point of the person with the headphones is they don't try to figure out what was said. They just kind of zone into it and just anything they hear, they just say it out loud. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. I know I I think actually uh, Kevin, one of our investigators, I think he just ordered some type of uh, spirit box where it it cancels out all the static. It just pulls up the words or, or the sounds. Um, I think we were, he was just talking about that the other day. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly. It was off. It was off online somewhere, but um, supposedly that's what it does. Is it, it just cancels out all the static? But yeah, that's uh, the hardest part about those spirit box sessions is listening to the <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Right. But and and I, and I have to be honest though, because our team our team tried doing that that different version, and um, the guy, the guy that actually had the headphones on. He did it twice that night when we were doing our investigation. We were getting great responses. I mean, it was it was literally like we were having a conversation with a person until they decided to. You could actually see the uh, personality of the responses change, and it went from kind of being happy and playful with us to kind of like, all right, I'm irritated with you. You need to stop. And it literally said that you know we asked, well. Do you, do you enjoy the fact that you're scaring these people? Because the daughters are really scared. And as soon as we said it, he said yes. And it's like, well, you know, that's that's not very nice. And it's like, well, you can leave now. Goodbye. And it's like, oh wow. It's like, okay, well, I, I guess we're done talking to you. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's worth a shot to try. It's called the Estes Park method. Okay. So if you guys want to look it up and. You know, see see what you think, or you know, maybe maybe it doesn't work for you guys. Maybe it will. Yeah, for sure. It's I like that idea actually. Sure. Well, do you have any uh, kind of tips or tricks that you guys kind of use to help get a little bit more responses? Um, not really per se. Um, we just like I said, we try to kind of just try to keep it basic, and uh, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, not super like, I know for me personally, I'm not super techie or anything like that. So, uh, besides, you know, the video editing and then, uh, the music and everything I do to put into the, the episodes and whatnot in the podcast, uh, as far as like during the investigations, uh, like I said, we just kind of keep it basic and, and see what happens. Sure. Well, and we've talked a little bit about your podcast. I mean, I know you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, um, you have your YouTube channel, yeah, and then you have your podcast. It's called Capture Paranormal Podcast, um, yeah. And I'll put links to all this stuff on our on the show notes for this as well. Um, so, but you're telling me you gave me a phrase I, I hadn't quite heard yet, but you do. Uh, you said paranerd talks. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, we do it for the podcast as well as a video version. For uh, YouTube, so basically we'll have um, we'll have some topic ideas. So we'll come up with say uh, 
EVP photography and alternate dimensions. And we'll throw those up on our Facebook at facebook.com slash capture paranormal. Uh, all the people on our page vote on what they want us to, to talk about. And whatever wins that poll, uh, we, we make the podcast and the, the video and we call it, uh, Paranerd Talk. <laughs> I love that. That is great. So you talked a little bit. You said you had a public event coming up here soon. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, um, since we started Capture Paranormal, we do kind of, uh, public events. We've done, um, the Princess Ab Playhouse in St. Thomas. We've done it at, um, the museum in uh, Sombra, Ontario, the Sombra Museum. Uh, and then we have, we've done a few years at the Bacchus Page House Museum, which is in uh, Wallacetown, Ontario, which uh, we're doing, I think they want to do it a few times this year. So this will, we usually do it around Halloween for all, for all of these events. But this year, uh, the Bacchus Page wanted to try it out uh, a couple times. So we're actually this weekend, which, um, we're going to be doing the public events. So we basically have people come out and, they buy tickets and uh which helps us with our website fees and podcast fees and things like that. Um they come on out and we do a little introduction and uh introduce them to the gear that, that we use and then we go out and uh to the venue and do a an investigation and they get to use the, the K two and the Mel and everything like that. And uh it's just a fun night basically for, for people to come out and have a good time and uh, kind of get into the ghost hunting game. Sure. What's the what's the cost of the tickets? Uh, it kind of varies between whatever the the venue kind of wants. Um, for the backest page, they're doing twenty five dollars, and uh, you get some light snacks and beverages, and uh, yeah, you get to come out and investigate. Yeah, we just we just did one with our group here about a week ago, so it turned out really well. As also. They're, they're pretty fun too. We've had uh, uh, instances too where, um, uh, we're going back to the Somber Museum one, where the the one night we did it, uh, we believe something actually came with one of the the guests because she started kind of we were running the Equivox and and the Spirit Box and things like that. And she started hearing things relating to her, so then it turned into okay, um, she's hearing the name of this person and and she's asking them questions related to her, like just personal and she's getting answers back. So, um, instances like that where, where a guest is actually in essentially bringing something with them and, you know, it's not necessarily from where we're investigating. It's, it's per- more personal. Well, yeah, I bet that really kind of heightened her senses for the night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I caught up with her afterwards to, to do a little quick thing for, for the podcast, just to see uh, what she, like what she was feeling. And she was just, kind of amazed and she couldn't believe it. And, uh, she was, uh, she was asking what, what we were using. And I told her, she's like, oh, I, I'm going to go buy this now. I gotta, I gotta figure this out and see <laughs> just cause she, it was so personal for her. And it was, yeah, she was shocked. Yeah. It's almost like having like one of those medium sessions. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, what, what's some of the other stuff since you guys, you, you drew in that public event at the back is page. Uh, what's some of the, the claims to the place? Um, Basically, it's just been around for a long time. I think it was uh, used during one of the wars as kind of a, a safe hub or something. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, casualties on on that land, um, but otherwise, it's just it's just basically with that. Um, we've had a few uh, interesting things happen. 
Uh, personally, the first time I was there, I was up in, in, uh, we could, the, half the team took a break. So they were in kind of the office part, which is located on the same, uh, land, that same area, but it's a different building. Um, so me and another investigator, we stayed in the house and we were kind of in the, uh, children's room, just sit, sitting on the floor trying to just ask questions and do our thing. And we heard the front door open and close. And I said, Oh, it's probably one of the other, the other guys coming in back in. They must be done their break or whatever. So we kind of sat there and no, didn't hear anybody, any walking or nothing. So we kind of looked out the window and everybody was still in the, the front office because we could see them through the window. So we definitely heard the door open and, and close like fairly loudly, but there was just nothing, nothing there. And, uh, there's been lots of claims of, uh, hearing footsteps and things like that. Actually, during one of our, our previous, uh, public events, uh, there was some, probably shouldn't have been there, but there was two children that were there, um, probably about 10 years old and then around there, 10, 12. And they were sitting on the floor. They had the K2 and the K2 started blipping. And so they started to play patty cake with each other. And the K2 would be going crazy as they're playing patty cake. As soon as the, the song was done, it would stop. And they'd say, oh, do you want us to play patty cake again? It would start going up, so they'd play patty cake again. And it just, it was, it was actually crazy to, to watch because as soon as they were done the song, the K2 would be flat. That's crazy. Yeah, so little things here and there like that uh, at the back of page were, were, were pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're actually already getting close to the end of the show. Is there um, anything else you kind of wanted to say or share, Jason? Um, not really. Just if anybody wants to check out the Capture Paranormal podcast, uh, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud, Stitcher, all that kind of good, uh, good stuff. Um, other than that, facebook.com slash capture paranormal. Uh, hopefully have some more polls up coming soon for Paranerd Talk. Uh, otherwise they can check out all our previous content and of course, youtube.com slash capture paranormal. We have all our episodes up there. I think we're up to about 16 or 17 investigation episodes, um, as well as our kind of special presentation episodes. We just put one up from the St. Thomas Railway uh, Railway Station in St. Thomas, Ontario. We were actually the first team to investigate the entire uh, train station, which was kind of the the central hub for for people coming in and out of the southern Ontario region. Uh, back in like the, the forties, fifties, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we, we just put that up, uh, a couple days ago. So that's up there and all of our, our wildwood investigation and, uh, capital theater investigation and all that stuff's up there. YouTube.com slash capture paranormal. Awesome. Yeah. And I very encourage our listeners to take a chance to listen to your guys's paranerd talks on the Capture Paranormal podcast. It's, it's definitely something you don't want to miss. That's fun. And like I said, we also have uh, some episodes where, um, we actually, again, going back to the, the St. Thomas railway station, we did a kind of pre and post kind of, uh, talk of prior and after the investigation. So what we kind of expected or what we thought going into the investigation and then kind of thoughts after of what happened and, and things like that. We do that, um, those kind of episodes as well. So in addition to the, we don't have, really have a set format. So um, in addition to the Paranerd talk, we have the, the investigation thoughts and uh, we have a interview uh, episode up there with um, 
with uh, her name is Cindy Sowers. She was actually featured on, I think it was a uh, haunting show on Travel Channel. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, they, she had a show on there. So we did a quick interview with her and just different things like that, anything relating to the, the team or paranormal in general. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Well, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time tonight, um, coming all the way down from Canada to share a little bit about what goes on up there. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for having having me on. Yeah, you have a good night, Jason. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks again to Jason Watts with Capture Paranormal for being our guest today, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. Please take a minute to give us a review on iTunes or whatever directory you listen to us on. It means a lot to us, and we want to hear your feedback so we can help make our show a little better. My name is Brandon, and you've been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together, the Para Unity Podcast. <laughs>